Hello, podcast listeners of all shapes and colors. This is Michael here coming in from the future to uh, to let you know that I made one critical error when we recorded this episode. We had a new podcast board that I was trying out, and I forgot to tell it to record individual audio tracks. So this is a, a little bit of a messier edit than perhaps what you're used to. Um, but after next week's episode, because we did two, uh, we'll be back to a, a higher quality of edit and sound. So bear with us. Um, it should still sound decent, but I figured I would get ahead of it now. Enjoy. This episode is sponsored by Bigger City. Thank you so much for supporting us and helping our show to grow. Double toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. Oh no. Welcome back to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we love to scare you with the things that are currently weighing on our minds. (laughs) (laughs) Terrifying. My name's Don. I'm your happy, cheery jack-o'-lantern today, and I will be one of your hosts. (laughs) <laughs> Did you forget how to do I completely yourself? forgot because I was working on the Shakespeare. Oh, dear. <laughs> My name's Don. I'm a big, fat, gay guy living here in sunny Hollywood. And today I am your jack-o'-lantern of joy. Because they opened a pumpkin patch next to my apartment, and I can't wait to go. Oh, nice. Oh, my goodness. Is wait, that what- for, for the people listening, on November 1st, I believe. Oh, wait, no. This no, comes this out is in two days. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. We're so used to recording a week in advance. This comes out in two days. All right. Excellent. Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore all of that. Hello. My name is Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. And uh, I'm very happy about your pumpkin patch, Don. That that sounds... I'm really happy. That sounds amazing. <laughs> um, no, here, here in uh, where we live in sunny California, it's always the same season, which is this season. <laughs> <laughs> the season we're in. Uh, and it's lovely, and there's a lovely breeze, and a spring in my step, and it's a lovely fall day, which sounds like a lot, which is a lot like a summer day, which is a lot like a spring day. Um, I think they have winter other places. How does Trevor feel about all this? I'm Trevor Keyes, and I'm a super chub, and I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm a little cozy pumpkin fall boy. I'm in a jack-o'-lantern costume today. I'm all <laughs> round and pumpkin-y with a little... Stem cap and I look adorable. It happens every goddamn time he drinks that pumpkin spice latte. He gets <laughs> rounder and rounder every year. <laughs> Give me some candy. <laughs> Give me some candy, goddamn. <laughs> Trevor was bitten by a pumpkin spice latte under the light of a full moon one year. Hi, my name is Michael Willer. I am a Chubby Chaser, and I am an excited uh, new board uh, board guy today uh, because we have a new soundboard that we're hoping uh, is going to work out great. I feel like I have an echo in my voice. And so if the whole episode gets recorded that way, I apologize. If not, ignore this. Um, <laughs> It'll be like there's two of you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Which should, one said that? This is our, in case you haven't noticed, we've got our chaotic in-person energy going yeehaw! once again. Um, it's what we do. Dan um, just said yeehaw. If yeah. that doesn't tell it for you, pretty much all at once. And, and a yeehaw to our supporters on Patreon <laughs> and our sponsors. <laughs> Uh, it's Thank because you. of your continued support <laughs> and our just listeners. We love all of you. Yeah. And uh, cowboy hats off to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have, you know, we have spooky vibes today, but we have even spookier vibes on the, is it the 27th? 27th, I believe. This the 27th or 28th. 
Later this week, yes. <laughs> uh, Michael and Don are recording a mini-sode for Patreon yes. talking about Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yes. Which right. is a wonderful movie. It it's is a, a such a good movie. horror comedy that features, uh, do you remember the name of the bigger actor in there? We just looked this up. Tyler Labine. Tyler Labine. Um, and he is a delight and it is a horror comedy. It's a little bit gory, but it shouldn't be so scary for those of you that are a little weak of heart for yeah. the horror flicks. And Alec, Alan Tudyk plays his best friend yeah. in the movie and it's great. It subverts every expectation you could possibly have going in. Um, really worth watching. So if you haven't seen it already yep. and that would interest you, watch that movie and then Don and I will be talking about it. Is that, is, is that a release episode or a Patreon episode? Mini-sode on Patreon. On yeah. Patreon only. I know. We we didn't do anything for a month and now you're getting everything. <laughs> <laughs> We're nothing if not inconsistent. That's yep. right. Yeah. Um, we do love our Patreon people. We will keep you well-fed and attended too. We just may keep, take a little time every once in a while. That's yeah. right. We also have a couple other things uh, that were, other ideas that we're batting around to do for Patreon. So, uh, keep listening once we actually decide something. Yeah. <laughs> but um, to start off soft today, we have an exciting mailbag. Yes, yes, we do. There is a sense of clarity in in the sound effects, isn't there? Like, yeah. I feel oh, like yeah, I can just clear everything. and crisper, definitely. Yeah. So uh, our listener writes, regarding the letter about the quote-unquote health guru on the date, I personally don't like that attention being drawn to me. I wouldn't want a long conversation about it. I wouldn't want people review bombing her page. I wouldn't want a scene made in the restaurant. I'd want assurance from the person across from me that they are into me and that it was a jerk move. I imagine it going like this. They take my hand in their hands and say, that woman is an asshole. I'm sorry you had to deal with it. Do you want to talk about it or go back to what we were talking about? I would then send her a message myself telling her why she did was wrong. Uh, I think everyone is different though. I think my feelings would be different if it were an active assault where the person was still there and not backing off versus the stealth nature of the note. I've been in that situation where they wouldn't leave and that's when I would like my date to clear his throat and step it up. Okay. I mean, that's a very reasonable response. And, and yes. you know what? That is pr pretty much the better version of what I was trying to oh. say in the episode. <laughs> I, that, no, 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 that's no, no, what no. I wanted I'm, to say. This <laughs> is the grown-up approach. This yeah. is the higher angels approach. This is the this is the approach that you can keep doing as long as you have the energy to be your better person. Yeah. And as long as you have the will to keep doing the right thing. Well, and I like, Sorry. I have run out. <laughs> <laughs> I am now officially part of the problem. I'll admit yeah, that. I, I mean, what I like, I like that it brings the focus back to the date and mm -hmm. that it's yeah. really, it's really about the chaser and the chub and their experience together. Yep. And do we need to clean something up here? Do we need to deal to deal with something here? Yeah. And I love that. And it's really important to point out that the solution that this listener has written in with is the only solution we really laid out that allows that date to continue in a yeah. happy, yeah. healthy sort of way. Every suggestion I suggested was a <laughs> a scorched earth does, policy. Yeah. You know? It does take over the date. I mean, Dan it was trying to say it. I was trying to say it. This, this letter says it so much better. What bonds you in a date more than <laughs> his and his Motloff cocktails <laughs> as you yeah. find this <laughs> or those, diet? <laughs> are those like Eskimo Eskimo firearms? Is that what that is? No. <laughs> oh, that's right. Molotov. I, I think Molotov is, is the word he was going for. Yes. Class Classic, classic <laughs> driver. Uh, but yeah, just, I don't know. Yeah. Holding hands as you each throw a flaming bottle into whatever diet center in a strip mall. Oh, I would ship that. <laughs> I don't know. Thank you. I don't think that's you're like the ultimate this. meat cute. Yeah. I, 
Sure. No, that's, I, that's the Tucker and Dale meet cute. That's the horror <laughs> movie meet cute. Uh, no, I, I, it's true. what Trevor was saying. Like, really, thank you, listener, yeah. for, for that letter. That was really great. Thank you. Yes. Um, okay. On to some pop culture, baby. Got our top hats, got our dancing shoes, and we slide. <laughs> so, okay. So Off the stage. The, the first item in pop culture, Dan has been We've ready got some to opinions. go. I, this, this is a, there's a whole lot to say about this. <sighs> I, a whole lot to say about this that is, I feel like, not really a thing. But so this was in Glamour, and then also, like, I guess Glamour also gets published to Yahoo News, and the piece has been removed from Glamour. Oh, interesting. Um, and it is so Glamour posted a piece about Emily Blunt fans being disappointed after a resurfaced clip shows the actor fat shaming a server. So this is a clip from 2012. 2012. She's promoting her so, movie Looper, the science fiction with, with Bruce Willis and. Ross. Gordon, Gordon, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Anyway, but, but so that's how, that's how really, we're really digging for this clip. And she is set up by this obnoxious British yeah, talk show host. Ross something. Uh, who I forget his name. It's, he's, yeah. he, he doesn't deserve the he's publicity. He's the sassy gay queen that isn't... Uh, uh, Graham Norton. Graham, yeah, exactly. No, he's horrible. So Emily Blunt is telling a story about the filming of Looper. And the, ho- the talk show host asked about the accent. And so she's talking about the Kansas accent because they were in location in Kansas. And she begins the story by saying, we were at a Chili's. And then the host interrupts and says like, oh, have you all heard about Chili's? Cause it's, you know, the, it's a British audience. You can audience. see why Americans are so enormous. Yeah. And so basically it goes from Chili's, you can see why Americans are, and Chili's, Chili's has really big portions and that's probably why uh, Americans are so enormous. And then Emily Blunt drops in. Yes, and my server was enormous. Yeah. That's it. That's the end of the clip. That's the end of the the, the, the scuttlebutt. And this is in 2006, I think, right? To the 2012, I 2012. think. 2012. Yeah. Okay, that's it. You now know everything. Yeah. And so the clip resurfaces. It's going around. Everyone's all up in arms. And Emily Blunt uh, responded to it. Um, and, you know, to her credit, says she's horrified that she doesn't didn't realize she ever said anything like that. And it was wrong. And I'm so sorry. And I'm... And but it's go. also it's a deck over a decade ago. It's a yeah. decade ago. It is it is half a sentence. I mean, yeah. And so I'll, the, I'll admit, when I watched the clip, I had that momentary flare up of like "fuck you," and then the rational brain kicks in, and you go, "It's eleven or twelve years later. It was a different world." And and, and also, and she was. It was if anything, it was a transition to get off what he was. Yes, talking yeah. about. yes. That's what I was you know. saying. So like. My sense of it, because she she didn't remember saying that, and no, I yeah. believe her on that. Of course. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like when you're on a talk show as an actor, you're in performance mode. You're in yes and mode. You have to, you know, you're telling stories, but the talk show host is also asking you questions yeah. you didn't necessarily know they're gonna. And so if he sets you up with something, you're gonna yes and it and tell your story. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she went on to tell the story of the dialect that she used and and uh, the the dialect of the waitress and just right. And it's it's a and, really great story, except and, she happened to use the word enormous in a well, sentence. And it's the fact and, that she used the same word that he did, which mm-hmm. kind of cues me on that. That yeah. she's just going off of his statement. But also she portrays the waitress. She she inhabits like she plays the role of the waitress for a moment and she's lovely. Like she doesn't she portray does, the waitress in any negative mm-hmm. way. No, she knows she does the accent brilliantly yeah. and it does not at all slime the actress. Yeah. Um and it's really it really comes down to the word enormous which, you know, you could call that fat shaming except if we if we'd been talking about a bodybuilder and he said, you know, there's so many enormous bodybuilders 
in the United States. And she had said, yes, my waiter was enormous. Like this would be a non-issue. Well, yeah. And so the reason, uh, cause this is such a non-story really when it comes down to it. Cause it's talking mm-hmm. about something from 11 years ago mm-hmm. and kind of us free digesting it. And I thought, I thought this was interesting to talk about because the idea of should there be a statute of limitations mm. for fat phobia? Oh God. Interesting. <laughs> and well, uh, I, and I feel like this is controversial, but also just because the world we live in is so rapid changing and evolving. people evolving and people are getting social consciousness faster and faster. And I feel like before 2020, it was like, I feel like 2016 mm-hmm. was kind of a big bookend moment in like social consciousness and just kind of yeah. like culture. Yeah. Like there was like, I feel like there was a big cultural shift in 2016. I wonder what happened in 2016. <laughs> um, and then I feel like 2020 was also like that. And that's what a very in short. <laughs> I'm willing to go even a little farther back though and say like around 2010, around 2011, yeah. you start getting social media becoming onto the scene and yes. people start hearing from the people they're making jokes about for the first and, time. Oh, and I didn't say that, but I just, I also want to say like that. I don't think all fat phobia, like I'm, I think they're like, it's kind of like, I think statutes of limitations for crimes. Like I think, <laughs> I think it's kind of like a severity thing. And I know also like, I, I, I this is just like a soft proposal. Cause I don't want to completely wash anyone's hands, but I think this is just a, such a weird thing. Yeah. Well, it's, I, People looking for an issue. Everything we're talking about, though, supposes that this social consciousness is moving in one direction at one rate for everybody Mm -hmm. making these improvements. And that is so not the case. There is considerable disarray around what is the acceptable term? What was the acceptable term? Is that still the acceptable term? And when are are you allowed to say fat? Remember, I mean, there's been so many, there's been so much thing about, can you say fat? I don't want to say fat. Maybe you can say fat, but it, it it is naive to presume that it is moving forward for everybody everywhere at the same time. And so if people get caught out, if Emily Blunt uses the word enormous to describe a particular woman in a particular circumstance, and that is going to be her legacy. Oh, come on. It's, it's, it's senseless. When I think it's also like, it's easy for me to issue a blanket, like, okay, she's, she's learned. She apologized. Let's move on. But you know, I'm not that server who maybe saw that interview. Yeah. So it's, and the, which was kind of the point people, one of the points people were making in discussing this right. resurfaced clip. The the point of the server was that she was such a fan of Emily Blunt and recognized yeah. her. Yes, and so, that's the point of the story. Yeah. 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 But I think it's also just kind of like exhausting to analy- constantly analyze things from the past in a modern framework. And I think it is just kind of setting yourself up for failure in trying to it's Enjoy setting yourself something. up for outrage. Yes. It's just this endless, endless sense of outrage. And like, I get that there are real things to be outraged about. Not that this isn't real, but it's, it's what is her impact in the world now? Like, what is she doing? What is she saying now? Can we judge her on how she currently is? I mean, yeah, if she did something truly horrible, as Trevor's pointing out, like the statute maybe has a different yeah. number of years, depending on how awful it was. I don't know. I To me, you know, she mea culpa instantly and cleaned it up. Well, yeah. and so did the magazine. It's no longer there. Yeah. 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 She owned it. 
Anyway, interesting topic. Um, and I think we do have something from British Vogue to follow us up. Yes. That is much more cheery <laughs> with the wonderful, wonderful personality of Miriam Margulies. Yes. Oh, yes. Who and is having like kind of a renaissance. And I don't know. In So in the, this British Vogue. If, if people don't know who she is. Yeah. So yeah. I was just going to set that up. If, if, if there's one thing you know Miriam Margulies from, it's probably as Professor Sprout in the Harry Potter movie. Yeah, yes. the the person who works in the also greenhouse. one of the the yeah. longest running uh, Netflix shows called The Midwife. She is the mother superior of the order yes. that runs that mm. the the midwives. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what is she up to? So she is in British Vogue in this um, section called um, "In the Bag," where she is unloading her tote bag. <laughs> And which they, also has her purse inside of it. Well, and we should also say this is a feature of British Vogue where they yeah. basically come up to a celebrity and they say, why don't you take us through what's in your bag, your handbag? And as it turns out, she actually has a handbag in her handbag. Yes. <laughs> Quite a lot else. I, the video is like eight minutes long. It's eight minutes long. <laughs> but it is so, I don't know, I found it captivating and I don't know, yep. it's like, you know. It was it's, it's this, you know, elder, uh, fat, queer icon. And like, I don't know, I'm like, Am I just an old British lady? <laughs> because it is all of these things like she, and it's like. You so wish you had her bag. <laughs> she has a tote bag, which has her purse in it. And she has a copy of her own autobiography. Yeah. In it, which <laughs> is Forgiving hilarious. out, forgiving out. But also like an extra pair of giant underwear. Which she has dyed navy blue, as she does have her handkerchief. Yes. Dyed navy blue. No, because not, she, not handkerchief, a napkin, napkin. which yeah. I was like, this is genius. Wow. I've been telling you to wear a I, bib forever. No, but that I should <laughs> carry just bring it with you everywhere. That in my, I say that. In my giant old lady purse, <laughs> I should have a napkin. Because oh there's God. so many times where like, I'm at a restaurant that doesn't have cloth napkins. Or that that does have cloth. That does, does not. Does not. So basically, because she has, as she calls it, a continental shelf, she's referring to her bosom, <laughs> and she has this napkin, which she says she stole from you, like a United Airlines flight, and had dyed <laughs> navy blue because it's one of her favorite colors, and so she applies it to her person, and it it is a crumb shelf. It is a crumb catch, and. I've been telling you this for years. I know, but hearing it from Miriam Margulies. Oh, God. Who, and also, she like it's just this bizarre thing of her pulling out all this stuff, the underwear, the napkin, her autobiography, an onion, a partially eaten onion that she has wrapped in a napkin. Why is it partially eaten, Trevor? Because she just like likes onions, so she'll just occasionally pull it out and take a bite. That is the most <laughs> Professor Sprout thing yeah. that has ever yeah. been lived yeah. in real life. She uh, carries an onion in her purse. It seems to be undisguised. Like you, you think, it, like maybe it's in a napkin. I hope it's in a napkin. Yeah, it's in yeah. a napkin, but and that's all, it. And she's just she, bites, she munches on it throughout the day. Yeah, and also radishes sometimes. And radishes, which she compares to sex. Huh. Yeah. So Trevor, do you care to follow up on your comment that you must be? <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I think Taffy maybe maybe in place. I feel onion. like this is the most wonderful revealing interview about someone well, I've ever. That's watched. why it's a standing feature for the magazine. I yeah. was so charmed, and not only did it tell me about her, but like there were little things in there about like, oh, that's why women carry this around. Yeah. Like, the tweezers explanation she gives. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, because she was told that, you know, uh, British Vogue would be quite interested in her makeup routine. And she takes out the tweezers. She says, this, this is my makeup routine. Yeah, yeah and sometimes it's for tweezing, lipstick. It's for tweezing whiskers. Yep. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. But I don't know. It's just such a, like, weird, gay, fat representation. 
And now I'm really like, I should carry a napkin around. I, that was <laughs> yes, like my big thing. you like, should. And <laughs> what I want to do is get friends to sit down and tell me what they're carrying in their pockets and why. Because like, that was very revealing. What have you got in your pockets? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Also, just have, that echo <laughs> have Dan uh, dial my underwear and I can carry some around. Your or you could just di- carry some around. Oh, die. <laughs> yeah, die. die. I thought you said dial. I was like, do we? I heard that no. too. Like, so <laughs> die my underwear. <laughs> well, at any rate, it's it's, it's a, a worthwhile watch. watch, and yeah. she is charming. Is. And yeah. as we move out of our uh, our pop culture segment, in the twenty fifth minute of our episode, my tight <laughs> eagle, I summon thee. Fat watch twenty twenty three. It wasn't piercingly loud this time. Yeah. I liked it. It was it was the correct volume. A gentle breeze. And your knickers. Oh, there was a truck going by. I was like, wait, there's a different pitch in there. Why is that? Okay. Um, and with Fat Watch, we have Yeah. I don't this know, is Fat Watch Mainstay. Um, Virginia Soulsmith. This is NPR, and they are talking about the resurgence of weight loss drugs, mm-hmm. dealing a blow to the body positivity movement question mark. Yeah, I really like this. So it's asking the question now that Wagovi and uh, basically these um, uh, what are they? Gluto? I can't remember. Gl- Semi glutide. Semi glutamide. Semi Anyway, the point is they are the holy grail right now. Right now, it may change in ten seconds, but right now they are the holy grail of weight loss drugs, and they are everywhere, and everybody's trying to get on them, and the pharmaceutical company that makes them is more than happy to provide them. They can barely keep up with demand. It is serious. Like they're, anyway. So the question becomes, if everybody's on this, either secretly or in, or, or admittedly, does is this undermining the idea of body positive, body positivity, or even fat liberation of, mm. of being happy with your size? Or if you're being discriminated against your size, well, why are you that size? Why right. don't you get on the drug? Mm-hmm. The, to frame it, the it's the idea of, you know, up to this point, the the argument has been, we have no control over our size. Whatever we do, we are the size we are eventually. And so this, in theory, gives you control over your size. And so if you choose to stay your size, which might be fat, is that, you know, is that okay? Is that acceptable? Yeah, I, I would take issue with historically people have known they're not in control of their size. No, no, no. I, I said that's the argument that's posed. That's the argument is posed is that, yeah, when the whole point, and, and she goes into this in the interview, one of the supposed benefits, why they decided to classify obesity as a disease, which it is clearly not, there's no pathogen. So obesity is not a disease, but- uh, they classified it as a disease so that they could supposedly take the heat off people from being discriminated against and like, well, just shut up and stop eating fatty so that they would be like, no, no, it's a medical condition, but it just further stigmatized everybody. Is yeah. that the same thing? Is that the same reasoning behind alcoholism and drug abuse being diseases too? Yeah. The idea they, they classified it as a disease, even though by no means does it class, does it, does it uh, fall under the category of a disease? There is no, yeah, I understand you that understand it's not that. a disease, but I, I, I was kind of curious about right. the reasoning. No, no, the yeah. whole reasoning of making it a disease was basically because it's better PR. Yeah. It's simply better PR to get attention. Well, and you can you can medicate it. Like you can treat a disease. Well, there is with, that. There well, is and, the and backdoor approach. And also to try approach. and lift the, the, the boot off the neck of people. That was the thinking. Yeah. But all they, but all that happened was like, <laughs> much like, you know, if you had HIV, 
oh, you're not, you're not a faggot. Now you're a pathogen. Yeah. You know, it just, it just increased uh, the yeah. stigma. It just increased yeah. the stigma okay. of now you're not just a fatty, you're a sick fatty. And it invited all <laughs> of the people who, you know, say, oh, Mom? poor you, I'm sure you can dig your way out of it. I believe in you and your mm-hmm. weight loss journey. Yeah, it turned, it, it did also turn the conversation away from willpower and character to something more medical. But as Pia has been pointed out, that just opened the door for pharmaceutical companies to cure fatness. Yeah. Because the idea of, you know, that fatness is wrong. Yeah. Right. So it's a good little conversation. It's only five minutes. So if you want to check it out, they have um, the transcription of the interview in the article, but you can also listen to it if you're driving or doing something else. Yeah, it's a good Um, interview. Yeah. We always, always support Virginia on the podcast and are happy to feature her. Um, Okay. Is that it? Yep. We good? All right. Uh, into our, our main subject, which as alluded to at the top of the episode, which Dan was fighting heartily, it's autumn. Oh, that. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's autumn. Uh, yeah, it's autumn. We, we, Trevor, set up why yeah. we're talking so, about. So, I mean, it's autumn, why it's autumn, and it's also um, just a, a rough... Uh, yeah. scary time even in the as world. the trees are changing color to these bright orange and f- red flames somewhere in the country where the fire begins to burn somewhere somewhere in the world it's happening um, there is there is war there is this news I mean a, lo- a lot of horrible news. horrible things happening yeah. um, and it's a lot to handle and man since we've been doing this podcast we've had <laughs> kind of talks like this so many times and we thought it would be a good time to revisit kind of self-care self-care and like, what are we doing for self-care and kind of like, what are we doing for self-care? What are some small things you can do to just feel good about life? Mm -hmm. Even if it's just in a small way or personal way, I'm going to suggest something that, uh, that has been helpful to me as of late, which is, uh, even though I haven't been going to the beach, I haven't been spending time by pools. Um, this is my last chance to get some just direct sunshine, vitamin D, right? So going out into the sunshine, shirtless, you know, with shorts and getting sun on me mm-hmm. has been wonderful for my, wonderful for my mood. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. Um, yeah. I, I sort of, I don't think I realize like how often I'm just wearing shirts and I, I cover up when I go outside because we get a lot of sun here. Mm. Um, and so you get out of the habit of just feeling the sun on your skin. Mm-hmm. And, There's an aliveness to it. Yeah. And not only is it psychologically bolstering, but like physically, it literally gives you vitamin D. It gives you now, things you need. I will you know? point out that in most of the country, it is quite cloudy out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if you do, I guess the point is, if you do get one of those rare sunny autumn days, mm-hmm. um, take full advantage. Go out, go on a, a short walk or sit on your front porch or, you know, in the front yard or wherever it is that you have a spot that you can soak up some sun. I, I try and do this. I work from home. And my work is in an office and I have the window blocked because I edit and blah, blah, blah. And so I don't get a lot of sun. And when I do step outside and just take in some fresh air, um, there's something very rejuvenating to it. And I'll add an extra push to that for our big boy listeners like me, because I feel like I have been averse to that. Um, and the You mean act- like taking off your shirt? Yeah, taking mm-hmm. off my shirt. You know, so the activity of it has been healthy for me on, on other levels, right? I'm not saying you got to be a nudist and run crazy through the streets, but <laughs> live in your body, use it, and become accustomed to using it. And that is more stimulating and healthy to you than you can possibly imagine. Yeah, I, I also would extend that if the sunlight, absolutely, sun on your skin, that's fantastic. I think there's also just being in nature. It's really, because m- what happens to me is I get in my head about all the news 
mm-hmm. and I start having very detailed debates with imaginary creatures, mm-hmm. about, <laughs> you know, um, on whatever side. And being in nature, um, you know, nature is a great way of just regrounding you. It quiets. Well, and it, because it's, it's, see, it's, it's real. It's actually a psychological effect. Yes, too. it is. Mm-hmm. But it's actually, because yeah. it's real. It's not this imaginary place you're going to and having this yep. imaginary argument with, you know, with, with people. And I, I would also say that even, 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 if you're indoors, if you can just take a moment, take a moment and breathe and look around and you just, just notice, just notice that there's actually no, there's no war right now in your living room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is no war right now. As crazy in, as it sounds, <laughs> gotta underline that. Yeah, absolutely. You that know, just great get, get real, get really, yep. you know, look at your environment. Like your dog does not know about the war. Yeah. Oh you my know, God, things, be a as, dog. <laughs> <laughs> as someone who does the exact same thing, and I would even take it a step further, there's there's a there's a particular brand of overthinking that you you imagine yourself in a variety of situations where something has gone wrong. And you're imagining yourself having to deal with this terrible situation. And you're basically just imagining yourself being hurt. Mm-hmm. And it's not real. It's not real. It's just not real. But you're living as if it were, yes. which is the same thing as if it were real. Exactly. Because yeah. you're in that world. Mentally make it real. And just, just to clarify, we're not saying to ignore. We're not saying yeah. to put your head in the sand. We're just saying that you do need a break. Do and- not... Do not throw away your empathy. Your empathy yeah. is the thing that will save us. Your empathy is the thing that may fix this world. But but every once in a while, you need to figure out how to put it in a box just for a few minutes. Yeah. Well, and I think it's your, you know, allyship is only useful when you your cup is full yes. to share. Yeah. So you have to refill your cup. Um, to go back to the outdoor thing, if you live somewhere where there is the change in foliage. Mm-hmm. If you can really see that, because like we don't really get that no. here. Send us pictures. Yeah, <laughs> send please us send pictures us of pictures. Because we I think, would love because we think you're faking. <laughs> but I think it's it. like to really like even if it's just like yeah. you ha- can like go drive through it, go maybe just like park, roll the windows down. Really, like you know, if there's like a really good tree somewhere, go to the pumpkin patch down the road. <laughs> I see. Okay, the, I, I know you're excited about the pumpkin patch. Very, but very. I there was one near us at one point and was so excited and we pulled up and I'm like, this is like a parking lot with oh some pumpkins scattered around oh, on straw. That's I'm a, sorry. Kind of a sad mess. So you smashed them all? No, I just, we did. I was just like, oh, we can keep driving. I, I've <laughs> never been to a Los Angeles one. I, I grew up in New England. So right now, like the, the, the leaves changing, mm-hmm. I miss it. The pumpkin patches there, like there's cider and there's <sighs> uh, apple cider donuts and, and there's, Scarecrows and corn mazes, but I, oh, I have corn mazes, man. I, I have lower that. expectations here in Los Angeles. It's but like I'm a so, living Trader Joe's. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, it really is. <laughs> I have such a fond memory of we had. So I, you know, I grew up in the Midwest, so there, there was a lot of different like fall festivals and stuff. But we did something at my school where like we did like a fall festival there, and one of the like support staff of the school like had a cider press and there was fresh apple cider. And I just remember wow. like, I wow. just like watching yeah. it being pr- like them loading it up with apples and pressing it hmm. and seeing the apples get like pulped and just the smell of I like think crushed apples. There's oh, yeah. the international sense of cider is that it's an alcoholic beverage, I think. And yes. so in this case, we're just talking about basically 
fresh squeezed apple unfiltered juice. Apple unfiltered apple I'd, I'd like to yeah. know, maybe from listeners, is that just an American thing that cider is basically thick apple juice and then there's there's hard cider? Or is are we just Americans and like, you know. We have to change everything. <laughs> and we've just, we've just generified everything. And like in other countries, cider is always alcoholic and otherwise we call it something else. I will say like the cloudy brown cider I grew up with, I, I don't think I've really seen that much outside New England. You it's can get it. Trader Joe's, I'm telling you. Yeah, no, Trader Joe's. it's different. There's a, there's a filtered quality to it, even when it is cloudy. Like the stuff that I grew up with was gritty. Well, oh, you're just smashing it apples. It will be then. different. Yeah, yeah it, it yeah. is different from fresh squeezed for sure. Um, if it's clear and yellow, you got juice there, fellow. Cloudy <laughs> and brown, you're in cider town. <laughs> you're hoping it's juice if you're drinking. That it. is some Midwest Maxim that just Ned dropped Fla- on us. It's Ned Flanders. Oh, okay. At the like the, the Simpsons go to like the Apple Festival. Or name something. of the episode: Cider Town. Already <laughs> perfect. Um, I don't know, something I have been doing to just kind of like mentally decompress and just get away from it all is video games. Yes, me too. Specifically, so I mean, uh, Spider-Man 2 just came out and I've been playing that and it is very- PlayStation uh, Very fun. But (laughs) I've been playing Disney Dreamlight Valley, which is an Animal Crossing type game with Disney characters. And it actually like, there is a story to it and like actually a point where there's like a content warning. Cause there's like kind of this whole quest that is like basically talking about depression. Mm-hmm. And it was very interesting to see that in a game and also like that there was a content warning and also oh, like wow. the fairy godmother being yeah. like, okay, if it gets too heavy, like you can come out and I'll be here for you. That's, well, that's, that's really wild. Sweet. Yeah. That's yeah. why would it be heavy? Well, I mean, if you don't want to have to, I mean, if, if you're try if you're playing a game to, like yeah. if you're depressed and you're like, Games this are is escapism. my escape, and like you don't necessarily want to be reminded of dealing with depression while issues. playing a game. You yeah. know what video games? You know games and video games. I'm playing Sudoku on my phone. That's a video game. It, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, it you is. A video game. If, <laughs> it is. If you're not a like video game person, like Disney Dreamlight Valley or <laughs> um, you know Baldur's Gate. Um, the New York times has a new game out called connection. Oh yeah. yeah. Hmm. Which is, it's basically, I think there's 16 words and you have to make four groups of four. Yeah. And it's just very, it's easy and satisfying. And it is a very, you have, like, you have to find the hidden relationship between the four words in their group and why that's not different words. Washington post has that too. It, it seems like a lot of the major newspapers are now introducing like huge groups of games. Well, their, and they've, they've stolen a bit of the yeah. wordle rules because you have a limited number of tries. Yep. Mm-hmm. I've also noticed that uh, Netflix is launching their video game service now. Uh, and uh fire stick. You can now play video games through your fire stick, oh. which is very strange, but oh. I, for me, it's strange. All of this is new. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, it's it's quite simple, but I was the I was the beneficiary of some some autumn vibes, uh, relaxation goodness. I, I've already mentioned, I think, on the podcast that the house that Michael and I are are renting is the it's the perfect nap location. Mm-hmm. It, oh. Every room. I'm sorry, the houses or there's a- the the house and within the house, every room in the house <gasps> just has it's no matter what time of day it is. There's just beautiful sunlight filtering across but not directly on you it's just sort of this like dreamy peaceful it's quiet in the neighborhood so you never hear anything and you know we have a seven foot beanbag chair (laughs) is super comfy big boy beanbag chair yeah oh yeah exactly um super comfy and you know i've just been using trevor yes well that does work too (laughs) 
Um, but he, I came home from a, a trip here, I think, actually. It was the last time I was here. And he had decorated, uh, redecorated, mainly the living room, the, the, the dining room and kitchen, with um, autumn decor and Halloween decor. Um, oh. So he put up, like, the, this sort of... Um, a garland of like autumn colored, like orange leaves and stuff. Uh, he got a, I guess a, an autumn tree or a Halloween tree. It's like orange with like led lights. So it kind of just like lights up orange in the corner. Wow. Um, like, like as though a tree had turned, you know, to autumn colors. Um, he got these little like lanterns that he put up in the mantle above the fireplace and a whole bunch of like pillows with like sort of cartoonish, like spooky characters. Like, and I think Michael that could Myers. be really stress reducing. It's that could be when so you I mean, even in, doing it, just yeah, doing so. it. And it, because it's, it's celebratory, yeah. it's mm-hmm. taking a period of time where we happen to get a lot of joy and just embracing it and making a moment out of it rather than just sort of drifting through and going, okay, well, I guess it's autumn right now. Sometimes, I mean, in my case, I didn't have to do anything, but in his case, he actually made a point to do it. Like, mm. I think a lot of times before, like, have you ever been in the you know holiday season? It's like, well, I guess it's Christmas, but it sure doesn't feel like it. Sometimes oh you have friend. to take a. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's called Southern California. I, yeah, I mean, but you have to take a moment and like make it. So yeah. you have to go do it. One of the things we talked about was getting out and seeing those mm. those yes. leaves changing. You don't need to do that in Los Angeles because the houses are changing. Yes, <laughs> people are literally decorating their houses for Halloween all mm-hmm. over the place, and most cities do have something like. Uh, at Christmas time, they call it Candy Cane Lane here in LA. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. But there's usually at least a few streets that have uh, Halloween decorations up the same way. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, it, well, you have to look for it and and look it up. But there are usually neighborhoods where you can take a nice drive through and see some really fun stuff at mm. night. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a great way to sightsee your own city. Yeah, you know? I, yeah. I have wanted to get one of those like the twelve foot skeletons. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. come up on the show many times yes before. it has <laughs> well because over here you have these wonderful hedges you could have it looming yes. over the hedges reaching for people walking over walking by oh my <laughs> i think that would be amazing do we have any other autumnal t- tips for people i i just want to highlight because we sort of breezed past it i really like trevor's uh video games one just because i most of this year i've been too busy to really play the games i wanted to play and I finally hit a point where I'm I'm just I'm really making a point to take time for myself. And I've put down a couple, you know, hobbies that take up a lot of my time and, you know, are very energy sapping in a lot of ways. And I'm playing more video games and I have no regrets whatsoever. Yeah. Mm. I'm having a great time. If that's a hobby of yours and you don't do it as much as you want, and maybe that try and make that actually time. can be a social event too if you want it to be. Because mm-hmm. like even like Baldur's Gate, you can play up to four people. I did it for like an hour right. with some people and it was a little confusing because like I wasn't sure who was going to be in any given cutscene, but I, I had a good time with it. It was fun. Um, moving on. I think we have a tip today. Yes, we, we do. do. How exciting. There are six days left to apply to be a new board member at NAFA. Six We're, days as of release of this, this, this drops. Okay. Right. Um, we are looking for a few good bats. And non-fat. You don't have to be fat. It, you don't have to be candidates. fat to be on the board, but it helps. Um, fat allied candidates. Yes. All ages, all genders, all races, all everything. Check out the... You, you must be all of those in order to... <laughs> <laughs> well, it wouldn't hurt. Um, I guess I didn't put the link in my email, um, but it's on the website. Um, we'll share it. I think it's anafa.org slash board dash search. Okay. Yeah. All right, Don. Take us into Bitland. Well, today 
since it's so close to Halloween, dear listener, <laughs> spooky. I thought perhaps we might. Oh, I need- Hold on. Maybe let me think of this literally. So, <laughs> since it's Halloween, dear yeah. listener, I thought perhaps now would be an excellent time to scare, scare some cherry stories. <laughs> Boys and ghouls. <laughs> Boys and ghouls. All right. So, uh, today what we're going to do is each of us has delved into our own personal histories and journals. Oh, I did delve. Old research topics on ourselves. And we decided we would share a scary story today from each of our histories. Ah. Trevor. Okay, I guess it's me first. I'm just picking someone at random. Okay. (laughs) You sound a lot like Winifred in in Hocus Pocus. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Trevor, do you have a scary story for us today? So I actually was struggling with this because, like, I don't know. I feel like every day is a scary story. Yeah, as as someone who was a very anxious child, it's like everything was scary. But Michael actually reminded me of, like, a terrifying moment (laughs) from my childhood. (laughs) And it's, like, something I I just, like, unlocked a memory. So as a child, I loved... Uh, I, we lived in this house and I had a window right up against my bed. I actually had, I usually had my window or my bed up against a window. Cause I just love to open the window and let the cool autumn breeze come in or, you know, in the summer, the hot muggy air. Cause it's so hot. Mm, um, lovely. But I there was a night I woke up to the most horrifying sound right. and this like memory came back, like the feeling of, being awoken from dead slumber into sheer terror to this screeching, howling, awful just yeah. sound like that I could blood not, curdling. Yeah, blood curdling. Yeah. And just it would start and stop and start and stop. And just like not knowing what it was and like not knowing where exactly it was. And how old were you? I don't know, like eight, nine. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Oh, 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 that's yeah, okay. That's important. Yeah. Baby um, Trevor. So you were scared. Yeah, just Yes, but like so scared to where like I just have to lay here perfectly still because I don't know if it's right outside my window mm-hmm. and the and, window's up against the bed and, and it I might don't get know what you. this is. Yeah. And it happened a couple times. Oh. And years later, I found <laughs> out what the sound was. <laughs> what was and it? And listener, Jimmy? it was the sound of cats having sex. <laughs> <laughs> Which is terrifying. <laughs> For all in, everybody involved. Yes. But oh, it was like something where it's like, I was just, I didn't know what it was. I've never heard that sound before, but the way you describe it, I mean, I never do. I mean, you, could, you could probably Google it no, and just get you. like a YouTube video of nah. sound. It's nah. horrible. It is terrible. <laughs> I think it's the audio analog of like slugs mating. <laughs> Dad. Hi. Tell us something scary. Dan. Okay. So I don't know that this is scary, but it is a bit otherworldly. Ooh. Okay. So this is many, 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 many years ago. Uh, my, my boyfriend at the time, we, we went to Spain and we were all over Spain and we did Spain foolishly. We were like, yeah, we don't need to make reservations. Ah, we don't need to book anything. Ah, we just have backpacks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear listener, I do not recommend that. Anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Um, yes, adventure is one word. So we happened to be um, going, we went all the way down to the bottom of Spain uh, and Gibraltar, wow. which technically isn't Spain. That's a whole episode. <laughs> um, but so, and there are, there are free roaming monkeys on 
the Rock of Gibraltar as well. Mm. And it is very common, as you can imagine, for tourists to climb to the top of the mountain. It's not a very big rock. Can I just say it's not that big a rock? And you climb up and you you come down. But we were walking down and there were monkeys. And I think he's, I thought he was looking at a monkey. And he's staring at this sort of grotto. And like, there's no monkey there. There's monkeys on the road, but there's no monkey there. And he's staring and he's staring. I'm like, I'm saying, honey, what's wrong? What's wrong? He's like, and he's just frozen. He's absolutely frozen. Okay. And I'm looking at the thing and there's nothing there. And I'm like, well, there's nothing to see there. I'm going to look at, I'm going to look at him. There are a couple of emotions passing across his face that I can't discern. Hmm. And he's some, he's, he's wrapped. He's utterly wrapped. I try again to like, what's, and nothing, nothing's coming out. And so I just decide to kind of wait it out. And eventually he, like, he shakes himself. He snaps out of it. Okay. And I'm like, what was that? He's like, nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh boy. Which was his MO at the time. And so we keep walking and it's like, he's not talking. Wow. <laughs> like this is, right. this is the biggest nothing we could not mm. talk about. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> and we make it all the way down the hill. We make it all the, and he's like, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. I can't, no, no, no. And we get all the way down the hill and we get all the way back to our hotel room. And he, he's lying on the bed. I'm like, I would love to hear about it if you want to tell me. And eventually it comes out that he saw this apparition, which was, it was blue. It was three diamond shapes and it spoke to him. I said, what did it say? He says, I don't know. It was just the most incredible feeling of goodwill and love. He says, I don't want to name it something. You know, when he talked to his mother, she's like, you know, oh my God, it was the Virgin Mary. Okay. Which would fit, but he didn't want to get into labeling it. And, uh, but he was really unnerved by it, not because it was horrible, but because he thought he was going crazy. Yeah. I would mm-hmm. be also. He thought he was going crazy. And it should also be said that he had a long history. Uh, and I don't know how listeners will take this, but he had a long history of being psychic. Like he, he actually was, one time was thinking about doing that as a career because another moment attached to that really quick, he was at a birthday party of a friend of mine and it got out that he could kind of read people. And the host sat down is like, oh yeah, that'd be fun. You should read me. Come on, you should read me. In that sort of bitchy queen way that he and his boyfriend mm-hmm. had. And he saw that his boyfriend was cheating on him. Do you tell him that? Huh. And he didn't. And he was like, nope, don't see anything. Nope, now it's not working tonight. Oh man. So there was a, there's definitely, and it turned out later that his boyfriend was indeed cheating on him. So it, it, there was definitely evidence there for like, he saw something. Mm -hmm. He absolutely saw something. Was it, I don't know. So people will have their judgments, whatever that is. That's wild. Yeah. So that's my spooky story. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Mine happened to me like Trevor when I was around nine or 10. Um, I was visiting a friend of mine, a childhood friend. We'd been friends since I was a little kid, um, Tommy. And we were in the a station wagon of his grandmother's driving down the back roads to his family's farm, right? So keep in mind, this is upstate New York. Somebody um, else is driving though, right? The grandmother is driving. Right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's me and Tommy who are both around 10 years old and his grandmother who I'm guessing is like 60, 65, something like that. And we're going down this dirt road. Uh, when I say dirt road where I grew up, I mean dirt, 
road, right? Yeah. This this road was made probably around the 1700s. Wow. So they made it out of dirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, when it rained enough, like you weren't getting to their farm. It's wow. that sort of place, right? Um, so we're going down and it's fall. So there's all of these leaves all over the ground. And as mm. we're driving down like 25 miles per hour down this dirt road, I start, scre- I start screaming, stop the car. Oh, wow. Because I'd seen something off the side of the road, Shit. right? I get out of the car and my friend Tommy's like, what are you looking? And he freezes because he sees it too. Oh, shit. There is a head, a human head on the side of the road, right? Just laying on its side, looking at us. Yeah. Right? And like, I can I can also see sort of like a hand <gasps> coming up through the, through the leaves a short distance away from there. So Tommy freezes. Uh-huh. I'm saying like, there's, there's a dead body there. Right. I'm pointing at it. Wow. And the grandmother is saying, walking in the direction of it, saying like, I don't see what you guys are seeing. Oh my God. What are you looking at? Right. So he and I are like stopped at the car. (laughs) She's walking. She's like 10 feet away from the car, walking towards the head going, I don't see anything. At which point this body (gasps) rises up out of the leaves. Right. And I remember he was this sort of like handsome blonde guy wearing a red t-shirt that had sort of blended in with the, uh, the leaves and jeans he stands up as the leaves she freezes he's looking right at her and there's like this beat and then he rushes right towards us oh right what? towards you and the you towards and tommy. us tommy the grandmother is oh, between us and him right right but so he's rushing right at her she like she freezes takes a step back and he closes the distance and suddenly is like five feet away from her and swerves to the left and kind of staggers a few feet, looks at her, and then turns and walks off into the woods. And we uh, we freak out. We go back to the farm. We call the police. They come out. The suspicions were that there was somebody wandering around lighting various abandoned uh, barns on fire. Jesus. Right? We had a string of arsons. And it turns out someone by that description was seen at these different farms. Mm. And he was like, you know, maybe 100, 200 yards away from their family mm. farm at that point. But scared the shit out of us. <laughs> never saw him again. Yeah. Uh, they never got the, got the guy that was lighting the farms on fire either. But yeah, scary, scary, scary moment. Wow. Yeah. Good thing you didn't have a barn with you. Yeah. I just remember her looking at her like, I don't see what you're ah! <laughs> comes up through the leaves. Wow. That's cool. Michael, um, tell us something scary, Michael. So... <laughs> It was, let's say it was the autumn of 2003. I was a early, early teenager, 13 mm-hmm. years old. And uh, I, I was participating in my uh, youth group at church. Uh, shock and surprise, I'm sure, to a handful of people. And, um, you, you know, Jewish? I, I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding. I, it, it didn't take dad's, <laughs> dad's family was Jewish. Mom's family was sort of nothing celebrated wow. Christmas and Hanukkah, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I wasn't particularly religious, but the, not the point of the story. <laughs> um, we were doing a lock-in, which is like all of the kids in the youth group, which were all my age. Uh, you would stay overnight in the church and just like, you know, play games and have pizza and, there wasn't anything particularly religious about it that I remember. I just remember it was like a sleepover in the church and everybody, all of your friends were there and you got to kind of do something, you know, unusual. And the church, this particular church was, you know, this is in um, Charlottesville, Virginia. So it's very, um, it's university town, it's white columns and brick and it's huge. 
I mean, it is massive. I didn't realize how big it was until I started seeing like other churches and I was like, oh, and I don't mean like, you know, a mega church big. I just mean it has grounds. Oh my. So we're, you know, it's late at night and we've all had our pizza and played our games and it's starting to settle down and we're like, let's play sardines, which is kind of like reverse hide and seek where one person goes and hides while everyone sort of stays together and then everyone spreads out and tries to find them. And when you do find them, you have to hide with them. Oh. And then eventually that hiding spot gets more and more cramped as you're all trying to hide. And then, of course, whoever is last loses or, you know, whenever it is basically. And so it's just right. sort of silly fun. Um, and so we're all wandering. And so we, we, you know, there's the church and then there's like this underground passageway that of course goes there is. all the way down to like the, what the choir rooms are. I mean, it's like a, a maze. There's an underground passage. And mm. what I've neglected to mention up to this point is that I think it was that same day. Let's say for the sake of the story, it's the same day. There was an escaped convict. Oh my God. <laughs> who was in fact a convicted murderer, like violent offender uh, who had escaped uh, from a prison that was relatively close by. It was in Charlottesville, just outside. And, you know, we kind of like, it was like very horror movie, casually like saw it on the news and thought nothing, nothing of it. Oh my God. So as we're all wandering through this church, um, a few of us are wandering together as a group, which is not really how you're supposed to play the game. And so we wander through, we go through the whole, like the actual church and there's nobody in there. So we go down into the side passageway, uh, which is down a bunch of stairs. And then you're in this like underground room and we're like creeping around and it's pitch black. Like everything, all the lights are off. There's nobody here. There's no janitor. There's no nothing. No iPhone. And yeah, exactly. No <laughs> flashlights. And so we're kind of creeping around this room, kind of searching through all of these like boxes and like things. And then behind me, uh, Liza screams and starts running up the stairs and everyone turns around and goes, what's going on? And then this guy sits up Michael Myers style. Oh. Hello. Oh shit. And we all screamed and ran. And I was the last person up those oh, no. stairs oh. knowing that there was a serial killer on my tail. There's no shame in that. You were protecting the rear. You were making sure everyone got out alive. I was so scared. <laughs> oh my God. And we all just knew it was him. Of course, it was probably just a homeless person who had sort of snuck in. Maybe the door was unlocked. But that made for my my very best scary spooky Halloween story. It is such a freaking movie. It is such a good movie. And you, it really is. So if you've seen Halloween, the original Halloween, when Michael Myers has been stabbed by Laurie and she's sitting in the, the doorway with him behind her, yes. thinking he's dead, and then he just sits up in the background, it was that, exactly that. I wonder if he did that because he knew that it would scare you more. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I think he and was kudos trying to get to him peace for doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, dear and listener, now he's burning barns in New, in New England. <laughs> <laughs> so, dear listener, do you have a scary story you'd like to share with us? Trevor, where could they do that? Well, we're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Uh, support us on Patreon.com slash Big Fat Gay Pod. <laughs> See the articles we talked about at BigFatGayPod.com. Maybe you're... Uh, you're having a spooky time. You're carving a pumpkin put out on your porch. You're doing the top and you're scooping out guts, but then there's something at the bottom and you just keep scooping out guts trying to get to it. And it's a hand and it's grabbing you and it's, ah, it's Michael. Watch out.